Good day, Mike. How the devil are you? Very well, mate. Very, very well. How are you, buddy? Yeah, good. Thank you. We're on episode two. My the difficult second series. <laughs> I know this is the, the comeback, the, the sequel, um, to see if people actually will carry on listening because now we're actually getting into the real thing, um, not just the intro. Um, we've got 998 episodes to go to hit our target now. Yeah, that's good. Eight strong followers, is that right as well? Yes. So to the, you guys out there who have subscribed and are crazy enough to actually follow us properly, thank you very much. Um, we have eight unique subscribers, which is, I think, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I'll take it. It's eight more that. than uh, I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Eight more than we had last week. Um, so, you know, that's great. So guys, like those who have subscribed, a thank you very much. We are massively appreciative. Um, and we certainly hope you get everything you want out of this podcast. If um, we have 800% every episode will be like surpassing Joe Rogan in, I don't know, what, a year? Maybe how, tops. How, how did you work that out in your head so quickly? <laughs> well, nothing to eight is 800%, is it not? Yes. <laughs> well, that means you're assuming that after this episode we'll have 64. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Why not? Well, let's 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 not let's not put it down, shall we? Let's stay positive. Uh, but to my point being, to those eight subscribers, again, thank you very much. Um, tell your mates, tell your friends, share it with people. If you really like it and love what we're doing, um, you know, we'll absolutely appreciate the shares. Um, we promise it's going to get better. We promise it's not going to just be us two bantering all the time. We will have guests on board to talk about all our topics. Um, and as always, we want to hear from you guys as well. So if you've got a topic you want discussed on the Panic Station, let us know and we'll do all the research, um, put our own two cents worth in and, and give you some feedback on that particular topic. Um, so, yeah, keep in touch, guys. We don't just want us to be sitting here talking at you. Um, please talk to us as well. Give us your thoughts. Um, send back your comments, your criticisms, whatever. Um, we'd love to hear from you. So again, you crazy eight people, thank you very much. Um, tell your mates, and we'll we'll hopefully go from there. So what, what are we talking about this week, Mike? What is episode two? Today, Brad, we are going to be talking about upheaval and Ooh. moving. Um, yeah. Had a little look into uh, some of the top stresses in life, and uh, this is right up there in amongst five of the most stressful things that any adult can do um yep. and so yeah if i'm not wrong i think you had a little look into some research around that did you yeah, not I did. um i did indeed so back on a back to last week's conversation about chat gpt um now going to be my permanent source of resourcing um yeah had a little chat with chat gpt and you know asked the question what are the top five most stressful events in life and i knew there was a list out there somewhere but um a couple of um, american psychologists psychiatrists sorry Back in 1967, um, a guys by the name of Thomas Holmes and Richard Ra or Ray, um, you know, developed a list of life events and then rated them on on stress levels, um, and then came up with the top five. Um, and this stress scale is commonly used in a lot of medical and psychological research um, to you know measure the, the 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 or investigate the relationship between stress and health. So it's quite cool that this is out there, but. You know, when you hear this list of five things, you, I think everybody listening and out there will go, yep, they're all pretty stressful. Um, so the top five, and I think these are actually in order, 
um, is the top one. Actually, no, let's go backwards. Um, number five is job loss or change. Okay, so losing a job or changing careers. Um, obviously, fairly stressful for most of us. Number four, which we're talking about today, is moving or relocating. Um, obviously, moving to a new place is stressful, the disruption of routines, et cetera. So we'll, we'll dive into that a lot more in a moment. Number three, serious illness or injury. Again, pretty obvious that that's going to be massively stressful to a lot of people um, and their loved ones as well. Number two is divorce or separation. Um, I think if anyone's gone through a breakup or a divorce or anything, yeah, that's a pretty stressful time of life. And obviously a lot of things around emotions and stuff as well. And obviously if it's a marriage, then there's financial and legal considerations also and potentially families and things. So massively stressful on that one. And the big one, I think the number one, um, or certainly what the one that has come out on top with the research by these guys back in the 60s, um, is death of a spouse or loved one. Um, and I think that's, for me, a topic close to home, having just lost both parents relatively recently. Um, and yeah, it's pretty weird, really a weird time of life. So that's the top five. Um, and, and I think, as we said, we're going to look at number four today, which is about moving house or relocating. Yeah, think, both, you know, both, both something that we yeah. have done, uh, yeah. both cross countries, cross continents. Yep. Um, you know, and it's safe to say that even moving from, say, one side of London to the other uh, is a ball ache in its stressful in itself. Um, you know, let alone up in sticks from Straya, where you've done, over to here. Um, I've moved to Thailand before, to Montenegro. Um, most people would think, yeah, no, actually, that's just a holiday. But, you know, actually, no, I lived over those places for uh, for a while. So, um you know, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of implications culturally when yep. you move. Yep. Uh, you know, not not to mention sort of yeah, understanding finances, uh, generally understanding how systems work in these new places. So um, there's a lot of things to discuss yeah. around sort of the practicalities of moving, uh, as well as kind of the emotional uh, trauma that comes with it sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think you're, and again, you're right. I think we've both had, I mean, you've just done it recently. You've literally just moved to Aberdeen in the last few weeks. Um, so yes. that's very fresh in your mind. Hence the fact we're talking about it today. Yep. I've moved countries like you have, you know, several times, I think across about the 50 odd years on the planet, I've moved house at least 20 times. Um, yeah. you know, friends of mine in Australia, you know, we, there's a, my very good friend in Australia, we often quite have the conversation about how many times I've moved and, and measuring that against how many cars I've owned, um, mm -hmm. a very similar number which is a bit scary. Um, but yeah, so movie house is something I'm very familiar with as well. As you're right, I've done cross continents several times. Um, I spent five years moving every six months for, for work um, into different countries, as you say, for cultural and, and things like that is very interesting. Um, and so it, it did sound like a working holiday, but it certainly wasn't. There's, there's still stresses involved in moving, having to up sticks and pack all your shit up and throw stuff out and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, we've, 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 I think we're both pretty well-versed you know, having to handle a relocation um, or a house move. So we're going to talk today about kind of all that kind of stuff and what the, the stuff to consider and some of the big considerations around moving. Obviously, Mike and I are throwing out two cents worth about how we dealt with those things as well. And we might throw some practical solutions out. I've got some ideas at the top of my head to, to help people out in how to do it properly. Um, have you moved, you know, as I said, across continents and things. So, yeah, that's, that's the plan, my friend. Yeah. Sounds, sounds pretty cool. Um, so I think the first question is like, let's just recognize why do people move house? Why have you moved house previously, man? 
Yeah, well, I mean, this time round, it was uh, it was for family. Um, my partner Laura, she's from Aberdeen originally. Uh, me being from South London, um, we uh, had our first son Charlie ten months ago, and Laura wanted to be a lot closer to her mum and sister who still reside in Aberdeen. So for me, it was a bit of a no-brainer. Happy wife, happy life, and all that jazz. Um, but it was also easier for me to move with my work and the type of work that I do than it would be for Laura to stay where she was. Yep. Plus, um, she is a nurse and she done all of her nursing training in the big hospital at Aberdeen. So with those sort of things considered and not a lot else, if I'm honest, yep. it seemed pretty obvious that, you know, the move up to Aberdeen was the right one. Yep. Um, but then, obviously, that's when you know, all of the the reality of moving then starts to happen. So, you know, there's the the actual physical moving of your life from A to B. Um, you know, Aberdeen's 500 odd miles, as the song goes, um, and I didn't walk it, um, you know, to get up here. And, you know, you've got to get three people's worth of stuff, you know, or a family's worth of stuff up there. You know, how do you go about doing that? Um, do you do it yourself? Do you pay other people to do it? Um, which was the option that we went for. Um, and I personally do swear by that, that if you can afford it, if the finances will allow, Jesus, just pay someone else to do it. Because I I would say 70% of the stress endured was exactly that. How am I going to get all of this crap, all of this accumulated rubbish that only compounds when you have a child <laughs> yeah. like tenfold uh, from here to Aberdeen um, here being London at the time um, and yeah we opted to pay for uh, a removal to come in, to come in and do it you know they wrap everything up all of their insurance and stuff covers the likelihood of damage um, and all you need to do is project manage uh, yeah. if you even need to do that because a good company would have done this move 10,000 times and, and, it, and it probably in more difficult scenarios than you're going to offer them. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, my first tip bit of advice is just pay someone else to do it. <laughs> if you can. Yeah. Mate, I, I, I would a hundred percent. And I think we'll talk, we will talk about it later on, but I'll hundred percent agree on that one. Um, and I made that call a long time ago and, and to the point where I don't care how much it costs, I'll make it, I pay for someone else to do it. It's just too hard. Especially Opposite for me, unlike you, we've done a family. Obviously, every time I'm ever done on my own, um, or have done on my own, so it's just as hard or difficult to think how on earth am I going to do this? Yes, you'll always have mates stick their hand up, go, I'll come and help. Mm. But it's not the same, you know. I think, um, <laughs> as a as a, one of the, my anecdotals about moving house, the the shortest moved I ever made. Um, I was living in Melbourne and moved from one flat. Flat 101, I think it was, or 102 to flat 105. Um, so literally, literally three doors down. So it, yeah. it, that was a matter of, yeah, mates came around. I got a few cases of beers and we sat in the afternoon and literally just walked things down the corridor. Yeah. But, you know, again, I would never have done that on my own. And I think, yeah. you know, my top tip to next to yours is whether you pay someone or not, don't do it on your own. Um, having said that, yes, when I moved, you know, moved countries, it's different. You know, I paid, we paid, the company paid for it that I was working for at the time, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so stuck all my stuff in a, in, a, in a container and put it on a ship and sent it, sent it over on the sea. 
Um, I then have to do everything. You have to do everything yourself. Then I packed everything else in suitcases and, and carried it across to to London um, through the standard channels of, of commercial flights. So that was tough, you know, having to pay for extra luggage, blah blah blah, and then then cut it on the tube, etc. etc. Cetera, et cetera. So, you know, even if you are paying somebody else to do it, there's still going to be stuff you have to do yourself. Yeah, um, that causes a little bit of stress. So, so you talked about moving then, mate, because of the family with Laura and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, why else have you moved house previously? Uh, breakups. Yep. Yep. So uh, I was with a partner uh, in a one-bedroom flat in New Cross pre-COVID. Um, COVID hit. You know, relationship yep. broke down. I won't dwell too much into that. But that's another again, episode. <laughs> much like you said, yeah, we'll save that for uh, for another time. Um, but much like you just said, um, I was sort of lucky enough to have a couple of mates who immediately put their hand up. Um, one of them, Boris, you know, came straight round in his motor, helped me pack up the stuff uh, as best as we could. And, um, you know, we were sort of out, out the door the, a day later on, um, you know, and then that, yeah, he, again, he was good enough to sort of let me lodge with him for uh, for a good few months. Um, yeah. And, yeah, you know, there, there, there could be a whole host of, of, of reasons why, you know, you would need to move. That that is just one of them. Um, yeah. I mean, that was the quickest move in mankind. Honestly, like I've never seen two guys move some gear as quickly yeah. uh, <laughs> as we did at a new cross uh, and over to Barnes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, thanks very much, Boris, for seeing me through that little period of my life, mate. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if that's an interesting topic in itself. Is the fact that you know, and as we just spoke about the top five, you know, stresses of life. You know, relationship breakdowns is one of those things. So you've had a double whammy where you've had a relationship breakdown and then you have to move. Yeah. Um, you know, so that it, it compounds the stress level that yeah. you have to do that, regardless of how easy or, or logistically easy the move is with, with yeah. the likes of Boris helping you out. You know, mm. there's still, you know, it's a tough time. You know, you, you've broken up with somebody you've spent time with, you're living with, and then having to move and, and, and deal with all that at the same time. So, you know, yeah, I think moving for breakups, um, an example for me is moving by choice from countries. Um, mm. So I would call it cultural decisions. You know, when I when I choose when I chose to when I initially left Australia to come over to the UK, it was a, a you know a long term working holiday. Um, I then made the choice to move back to Australia, and to be all to be completely honest and transparent about it, for the first three years, I really re regretted that decision. Um, obviously, you don't have regrets in life; you just get on with it. But nine years later, I said, you know what? I want to go back to the UK. I felt more comfortable here for cultural reasons. You know, I just felt that the UK had more opportunity. Um, there's more stuff to do. You're closer to the rest of the world. Um, and I and I had I, I developed some friendships over here as well, obviously, that, over the first 10 years that I was here um, and just felt more comfortable here. Um, Australia had changed massively in the time that I was away. Um, it's become very expensive. It's become very, you know, climatically very uncomfortable, um, which some people love. Um, but it wasn't for me. So I made the decision to move voluntarily and did so um, because of cultural differences, um, I think is, is the best way to describe why I moved in that instance. Other times it makes me basic things like, yeah, a lease has run out or, you know, um, I just felt like a change. Um, yeah. I, I spent five years working for a company that I was forced to move every six months because that was the job I had. Mm -hmm. You know, up in the Alps for six months, then down on the Med for six months. Sounded very pleasant, but he's still moving house and it's still stressful. Yeah. You know, yeah. you've, got to, you've got to pack all your shit up that you might have accumulated over six months. You've got to throw some stuff away that you might be attached to, all that kind of stuff that goes into it as well. 
Um, so you mentioned earlier as well, um, which is quite an interesting point about forming friendships. Yeah. And I guess that must be quite a trigger for some people. It the idea of moving to another place and having to start afresh with friendships and relationships. Yep. If you had any kind of advice on that side of things, like what would you recommend that people do in order to kind of, I guess, set themselves up for 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 having those friendship circles and stuff in whatever new location they're going to? It's a good question. I think it depends on a couple of things. It depends on where you're going. You know, if you're going somewhere where culturally it's a, it's very similar. So it's an example. Australia's the UK. Very similar lifestyle, similar language. It's a bit easier, but more importantly, you know, do you already have connections in those places? You know, yeah. and I did. Fortunately, I knew people, so it was easy for me to then integrate them and sort of become part of their friendship circles. And then, obviously, that you, le- you leverage that relationship yeah, anyway. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, completely. So, I think I think one of the first things I suggest people look at if they have to do that kind of move is, yeah, do you know people in that area, or if not, do you know people who have been there before? And yeah. And get some insight from them about what the life's like or the lifestyle's like in that new town, new city, new country, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, get some tips and pointers because then you won't feel as you know on your own so much. If yeah. you do end up being somewhere where you are on your own, um, and the first time I lived in London, it was like that. I didn't know anybody, yeah. um, and that was a bit weird. Um, you know, in a massive city like that, and you, you quite often hear the terminology that um, being a, you know a single person in a in a, in a busy city actually feels incredibly lonely, even though there's millions of people around you. Um, when you don't know any of them, it's actually quite a challenging time. So I think the the recommendation there is get involved in stuff. You know, fortunately, you'll, you'll naturally and organically form relationships and friendships, particularly, particularly with people you work with um, or colleagues. So in that example, I started working in the, in the, in the hotel trade or pub trade. Um, and obviously, you got to know the, the other staff members and the other and fellow travelers. And boom, all of a sudden, you've got, you know, buddies you go out drinking with on the weekends and, and you know, yeah. share life stories and stuff with. And it grows organically from there. Um, similarly, you, you know, you come to a new job uh, and same thing. It's like you end up with the colleagues and people, human beings love connection, right? So they love hearing about, you know, meeting new people and, and hearing their stories. So, yeah, you might have some colleagues that you don't like or your bosses or whatever eventually, but... You know, you've still got that opportunity to go and meet new people. And so that's 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 the big one for me, I think, is just leverage those new connections that you have organically with whatever you're doing. Yeah. Otherwise, it's that community kind of thing. It's going, right, what else do you enjoy doing? You know, are you a sports person? Can you go and join a, a sports team or, or a club? Um, yeah. Is there any interest you have? Like, you know, London has great walks in it. So go join a walking club. Um, you know, go join the National Trust or something where you can go and, and go visit houses and stuff and meet people along the way. Go, you know, again, London's full of theatre and musicals and um, and that kind of lifestyle. Go, th- go join a theatrical society. Yeah. So, so leverage that and go to meet people through similar interests because that at least, you know, you've got something you can talk about. Um, you know, what's your favourite show? What's your favourite walk? What's your favourite part of London? What's your favourite pub? All that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. There's loads and loads of clubs. And, you know, in this day and age of technology, um, a, a simple Google search or our new favourite, ChatGPT, you know, it it will open up so many doors and, and, and help point you in the right direction. So I think you've got to be proactive. I think the worst thing to do is to land in a new city or country and then wait for it all to happen. It won't. Yeah, it will not come to you. That is a fact. Um, yeah, everywhere everywhere that I've been previously, for me, yeah, join a rugby club, 
yeah. 30 mates, 30 stupid people that like the same thing that you do <laughs> almost instantaneously. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's maybe it's not that easy for some people. Team sports are not their thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you're right. You know, there are still other clubs up there that don't need to be sport related. I know uh, that Laura, my partner, when um, when she sort of first came over, um, sorry, might not be when she first came over, but she, there was a time where, you know, she'd, uh, I think she'd gone to Australia and then come back from Australia, back to Scotland very briefly and then down to London. So she'd done some, you know, some serious moving into a short space of time. I think when she landed in London again, she found herself in a similar situation to, and I hope I haven't got this story wrong because she might kill me, but um, a similar situation to you where she didn't know too many people. She joined a group called Rabble. Yeah. And and I guess it's just sort of like single people wanting to get together to do some fun shit. And, you know, I, they, they did some weird stuff together, all of that lot, but she's still got mates now, the Rabble girls. Yeah. Um, but they're good fun. You know, I've met a couple of them and, you know, she's made some really good friends through that. So, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be sport related. Um, you know, there's, there's things you can get out in the community and do as well, like, you know, charity work. Um, that's always a good way to meet people. Uh, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're that way inclined, if you're, you know, charitable by nature and it's something you want to get into, you know, I, I would, I would, assume that most major cities and even towns that you go to would have you know various organizations that need volunteers so again quick google search and uh, and find what tickles your fancy and find like-minded people that way i mean and beyond that as well is particularly in the likes of social media stuff there are so many expat communities yeah you can jump onto and join i mean i'm, I'm part of one on facebook that it's aussies in london or, or aussies in the uk obviously and i just you're just constantly seeing people saying you know messages saying we're about to move you know where do i go where do i settle what's it cost or then you get people messaging who have just arrived it's like hey we've just landed let's go meet for a beer um you know what's the best pub in this area let's come and meet and catch up you know you get mm-hmm. seeing people and they're going hey guys i've just arrived in london i'm on my own um anyone fancy a beer on saturday afternoon i'm going to be at this pub you know and people go and do this and 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 you know with that availability of of support and community network there isn't really a reason you can you feel lonely in a town um no but you as we both said you've got to be proactive about it it's not going to just come to you um people don't know you've arrived you've got to tell them yeah absolutely um do you think a lot of people might want to move for various reasons but feel like they're stuck somewhere because of a job and so then they're like right i really want to move because you know Changes as good as the rest. I feel stuck here, but you know, work work wouldn't allow it. Yep, um, of course there is. I mean, the thing is, gone are the days. I think from a career point of view, a life point of view, where you get a job and you're there for forty years. Yeah, um, people are learning. You know, and and particularly after things like you know global events like COVID, is that life experiences are more important and more valuable than you know, career and, and financial stability necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it helps to have a little bit of money to be able to enjoy the life, but, you know, you don't have to stick at a job anymore. So I think opening the mind up to take a bit of a risk and seeking out new opportunities, I mean, again, a classic example is, is my, own, in my own experience where I've gone, I didn't want to be in Australia anymore. How do I get out? How do I go traveling? And I did the backpacking thing 
ended yeah. up working over here and you know Bob's your uncle and um and, and the rest is history as they say but I think to your point yeah people will stay put um and not take that risk and I think I think they need to rethink that um people change jobs every single day it's another one we can talk about you know as part of the series as well as job loss and change it's the number it's the fifth of the stress things anyway sure. um you know, but if, if you, it's like staying in a relationship because you're too scared to find a new one. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not, it's, it's a dangerous thing to do. You, you'll just, you'll burn out, you'll hate it, you'll resent your life. Um, and there's nothing worse. So yeah, man, I, I'd say be open to the idea of, you know, doing something a bit crazy. I mean, if you're, I don't know, I don't, put a, I don't know if I'll put a, I want to put a kind of limit on it, I guess. I don't think it matters what age you're at where you could turn around going, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to get out of this town or out of this and go do something else. Yeah. Um, career, you know, lifestyle, relationship, city, you know, if you want to change, go change, you know, but be prepared. It's going to take a bit of work. And I think, and we can talk about this a little bit later on as well, is, is you know, plan it out. Um, you know, use the time. If, you, if you've got a job that's paying you reasonably well that you may not like, you know, Set yourself a goal of going, right, in 12 months' time or six months' time, I want to be out of that job and in a new city, and this is the city I want to be in, and this is how I'm going to do it. And then just build a plan. Yeah. Um, and make a plan with it. Talk to people about it. Talk to your friends about it. You know, you might even find somebody else who wants to do it with you. You know, yeah. another, another mate. And you know, I've seen so many friends in Australia in their, in their 20s and particularly early 20s and 30s who then say, you know, who's up for a bit of world travel? Let's go together. You know, because, again, that makes, that makes traveling a little bit easier when you've got a buddy with you. Um, you know, you might find somebody else to do it. Stink, yeah. Um, yeah, that kind of co-traveling or traveling with you know a partner or, or anybody else. Do you think sometimes that can hinder people in terms of how much they're prepared to then put themselves out there, like we discussed in the community, in you know, in social situations that might be uncomfortable but could help them develop because they've always got a, a safety net. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I guess I guess, but I guess it depends on the on the people you're traveling with. I think if you're both adventurous, yeah, and open to experience, then that's not gonna, you're not going to let the other person do that. You know, yeah. you'll, you'll be encourage each other and support each other to go and get involved with as much stuff as possible. Um, you know, it, it it might be different if it's a if it's a romantic relationship or a romantic couple that are traveling for the first time on their own, because then you are a little bit more self-contained and a little bit more self-absorbed, I guess, and you may not be open to that experience of, of, of meeting other people and you just want to, you know, travel on your own and, and, and do stuff. But, you know, we're, we're all adults, right? So make that decision and pay that, make that as part of the plan. You know, if you are going to go with somebody else, right, guy, what, you know, right, mate, when we get there, what are we, what's the first thing we're going to do? You know, yeah. make a bit of a plan about it. Who do we need to go? What, what do we want to see? What do we want to do? Do we, you know, are you, work, are you, are you moving overseas to work? Do you both need to go get jobs? um you know are there specific sites you want to see are there you know talking about that community thing are there things you want to be a part of that you haven't done here it might be part of your bigger bucket list um you know so yeah i think i think it's it's a conversation to be had with with whoever you're traveling with and going right you know let's not just be in a site in a, in a silo or a cocoon we've got to, we're here to travel to make experiences um so yeah my thoughts. yeah it's interesting yeah and so when you're talking about sort of manifestation uh, of your, the next phase of your life or, you know, how that, the, the, bigger, the bigger plan. So I remember having conversations with people previously where, you know, they, they're, they're talking about bucket list things that they want to do. Yeah. But I don't want to leave the job that I'm in because 
you know, it's safe and it's secure and, you know, it's X, Y and Z. Yeah. But, you know, they want to go and they want to move to a new city or they want to travel or, you know, whatever. But they've never asked their boss whether or not they can do the same job from elsewhere. Yeah. Now, if COVID taught us anything, uh, it taught us many things, but remote working and the development in sort of technology to be able to do remote working has now allowed people to work from wherever. And I think, you know, people need to be having a lot more honest conversations with their boss because, you know, a disgruntled employee because they are stuck in one place. Yeah, just that I don't know if it needs to even be a thing anymore. You know, if you are a decent boss uh, now and you have the systems in place, like I think you should be letting your staff work from wherever the hell they want. <laughs> yeah, within reason, obviously, there's obviously, you know, times it works, times it doesn't. And I, I get that from both sides. Yeah. And I think you're right. It's it's having an open discussion with your boss or all your bosses. And But again, don't do it off the cuff. Have a plan and have a kind of like, and, and give them a reason to support you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was very lucky at the extreme version of that, as an example, when I was living in Melbourne and they made the decision I wanted to live back, I wanted to move back to the UK. I was very fortunate that I was working for a, a, a London or a UK based company. Um, yeah. So I was able to have that discussion with my my then boss, not to go remote, remotely, but actually to be transferred internally. Uh, um, and and to their credit, and I'll never ever forget, um, and I will always be grateful for this opportunity. Within twelve months, they did exactly that. Yeah. Uh, and my boss at the time, when I asked the question, he said, "I expected that," and he said, "I didn't." And I wondered why he hadn't asked sooner. Um, yeah. You know, so yeah, have that conversation with your bosses. With technology and the way things are going these days, you know, it's it, it's either one of two things: it's either tra- an internal transfer to somewhere else to a similar role, or you know, yeah, can you do it remotely? You know, can you do your existing role for the same company but do it remotely? Now, you may not be able to do that global movement because of your time zones and things. Um, but if you can move from London to Cornwall and go live on the beach that's what you want to do yep and you can still do your job then why the fuck wouldn't you yeah um you know and yeah. it will, and, and 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 when you move this is something you haven't talked about either when you move voluntarily because it's something you look forward to doing and it's a great positive step like a sea change as it were then that's going to remove some of the stresses that's normally involved with moving house and relocating you know when you have yeah. to relocate because of you have to yeah something's come up or as you say you might have split up with a partner or something like that so there's a little bit more involved yeah uh, you're moving begrudgingly that in that instance aren't you yeah. whereas if, if you're moving with purpose yeah. and you're heading towards something you're yeah. going to do you're going to be a lot more well i guess there's two sort of two trains of thought here if your back's to the wall and you're forced to move sometimes that can make you react yes well and it might force you to do the things that you need to do in order to make it positive yeah. or you know or you can crumble, yeah. You know, and and you know that 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 definitely happens. Or I guess the other train of thought is that if you are making positive steps because it is, you know, it is what you want to be doing in your life um, for yourself or for, for your family, then that can also be super positive as well. Um, yeah. Because you know, certainly from from me moving up to to, to Aberdeen, 
I wanted to do this for the for the family. And so I knew that there were going to be a lot of things that I needed to do, but I really wanted to do them because exactly. I wanted to build a life up here so that Laura and Charlie could be more comfortable. Yeah. So it was easy. I say easy. Yeah. It was easier for me to have the the energy and the the focus to find a new job, yeah. find some mates, you know, do all of these things and build another life. Yeah, it's still only an hour and a half flight away from London, man. It's not like I've, you know, it's not like I've gone a, a bazillion miles away. It really isn't. But, you know, one day to the next, it is a different way of life up here. Um, but again, I was lucky enough that I was moving for the right reasons. Yeah. Uh, and so I guess to that extent, what what happens if you've not got that attitude? What happens if... You know, you are in a real funk. And the reason for moving is, say, another one of the top five stressors. Uh, and you've been forced into this situation. You didn't want to fucking do it. But here you are. So, like, is there, you know, are there, like, more practical coping mechanisms to get you out? I mean, we again, we're probably going down a rabbit hole of all right. sorts of mindfulness, you know, ideas here. But, you know. Yes and no. I think. Yes, there. Yeah, I think it's a good question. Because I think. I think. I think whilst there is some mindfulness stuff around going, and, I, and as cliche as it sounds, you know, it's trying to find the positive in every situation, but that's the starting point. But I think beyond that, it's going, okay, you're resigned to the fact this has to happen, okay? You, and it's obviously you're not comfortable necessarily doing it, and maybe it's not something you initially want to do. Go find a reason to want to. You know, where are you having to move to? You know, unless you're being sent to deepest, darkest Siberia or something really horrible, you know, most new places are new and fun and exciting. And it's something, and, and look at it from that point of view going, okay, I'm about to move to, I know, let's use the example, London to, I know, let's use Aberdeen as an example. You know, I personally have no desire to live in Aberdeen. Um, but if, if it had to be that I had to for varying reasons of life, one of the first things I do is I go up there and have a look. Yep. And, and get, get the lay of the land and, and and find out where I want to live and find out nice places to be and where the great coffee shops are and, and all that kind of stuff and use that as a bit of exciting time to go and explore. Yeah. Um, you know, so that, that's for me, that's one of the things I do as a coping mechanism is just find out where I'm going and, and go spend some time there. Yeah. You know, reach, as we said earlier on, reach out to other people who may have lived there. Yeah. You know, and your is obviously you've got family, or, you know, in-laws up there. And so you've got that support network straight away. But, you know, if it, if I, as an example, if I had to come from Aberdeen, obviously I now know you, but if I didn't, I'd have to see if there's anybody else who's ever lived there before and get some examples from them. Um, I did that when I moved to Melbourne from Sydney uh, for the first time. That's exactly what I did. Um, yes, it was a move that was voluntary and I wanted to do it, but, the, but similarly, I was a bit shit scared and making the wrong decision. So, but I went down and, and had a look around and talked to people about where the best places to live were, what rent was going to cost me, you know, where the nice vibe was, where from a social point of view that I didn't know people down there, where do they all go out? Do I want to be too far away from that? You know, and, and, and made the plan and then got very, very excited about it. Um, so I think, yeah, to answer your question about the practical considerations, it's, it's about making, turning it into something that's exciting. It's an adventure. Use it as an adventure. Yeah. That, that something new. And they, everyone always says, you know, change is as good as a holiday to be able to have the privilege, you know, and it's pretty rare. You, you flip it the other way around, you know, there are a lot. There are millions of people on this planet. You'll never leave their hometown. They don't have the financial well-being, the means to. They don't have the jobs, whatever. There's going to be millions of people who are stuck in the same place forever. So if you're suddenly being told you have to move to another city, another country for work or for whatever reason, you know, 
take it. It's a privilege. It may be a bit of a ball ache and a bit of painful, and obviously the, the the practical movies and the logistical nightmare of actually moving house may be stressful. But if you, that's only if you let it. You know, we, that's why we've not touched on it about stress as a whole. That quite often stress is something we we embrace and accept and just choose to be stressed rather than choosing not to be stressed. So, I would definitely look at that situation and go, okay, I've got no choice. How do I make the best of this? Yeah. And also, we were discussing this just before we actually went sort of live on this, weren't we, about catastrophizing and, <laughs> yeah. you know, running things in your mind. The, the idea of a move or the thought of the stresses is always way, way worse than it actually ever is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's a there's a there's a lovely couple of memes around that. Things like, right, stop thinking about things. Stop thinking about where everything can go wrong, and actually start thinking about where everything can go right. Yeah, you know, and it's it's yes, it's easy to say, and it's cliche, and and it's a lot easier to say when you're not in the situation. Oh, I love that. I love it. Yeah, you know, it's it's it's, and I I, I am <laughs> I've realised over the last few years definitely I'm a bit prone to catastrophizing, and I look at the worst, and I always thought it was me being realistic and just preparing myself that things might go wrong. Yeah. Uh, when in actual fact it wasn't, it was maybe a bit, a bit pessimistic and catastrophizing slightly, but at least I was prepared. You know, then mm. when it didn't go wrong, everything was fabulous. That's quite a stoic attitude, isn't it? I'm yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh, Ryan Holiday talks about that quite a lot. You know, yes. that prepare prepare for the worst case scenario and then yep. everything else is a brutal bonus thereafter, right? Exactly. So there's that, there's that, that's the double-edged sword of catastrophizing, right? You can either be completely everything, expecting the worst for everything, um, and then when it's not, everything's rosy and fabulous. Um, or, you know, you're just a negative son of a bitch who will never get out of that slump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I think I think from, in terms of what we're talking about from moving, you know, yeah, you, it's an adventure, you know, and, and it's a and it, and it can be a privilege, as I said, unless you're being sent to deepest darkest Siberia or something horrible. Yeah, you know, that if that's the case, why, and why are you agreeing to it? Why are you accepting it? You, you know, we're adult, we're adult humans. We can make a decision. If someone tells us we have to go to Siberia, I'm just going to go. No, sorry, mate. Fuck you. I'm not. No, you're all right, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll find another job. Thanks very much. If that's yeah. the case, you know, and and I think from that point of view and kind of going back to the whole catastrophizing, it's also about taking some responsibility. Um, okay. You know, if we are in something, if there's something, and again, this is something, an, another topic that we may cover later on down the path, but if something's not right in your life, rather than just pointing the finger at everything and blame everybody else or circumstance, take some responsibility and make a change. You know, if you've been told you have to move somewhere where you don't want to go, don't go. Yeah. Don't go. Find it. There's on other ways to go. Note, I'm just going to have to apologise here to our eight listeners because <laughs> next door has decided to knock his fucking shed down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm wondering whether or not I should now move. Uh, I can't hear anything, mate. I can't hear anything. So, all right, cool. <laughs> I'm just sitting there, like, are you for real? The oh. joys of live podcasting. I love it. Um, yeah, yeah, guys, we're not in just of those who listen. We're not in some lovely glamorous studio where we're doing this properly. We're both sitting out in some spare room in our houses doing this. <laughs> yeah, and there will be no post edit. Yeah, they're, they're not at the moment. There's no post edit. Not until either of us can afford to pay someone <laughs> to do it, because I sure as hell will not be doing it. No, no. You, you basically get it. You're lucky to get a trim clip. Um, so for the moment, so yeah. Do you feel but like yeah, we need an intro though? Do we know anybody that will do us an intro, Brad? Oh, I might. Have, we might as well find someone. Put, put out to the listeners. Any of you, yeah. eight, 
<laughs> Anyone out there know somebody that wants to do us a funky jingle? To, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did look at that. Yeah, there, there's some stuff technically we can do about that as well. Play around with it. I might. I tried to. I tried to find something. I couldn't find it for the first episode. I'll see if I can do it for this. I think for this one. Um, anyway, back to the topic. Um, right. That's all right. I love it. I love our banter and digression. It's fine. That's the whole point of this. No, so I think. Um, what do we cover so far? So why are people moving? Our own kind of experiences. Um, we've talked about you know what to do when you get there. What about some practical tips and logistical tips? I mean, we talked a minute ago. I mean, you mentioned, and we both agree with at least get help um, mm. and, and you pay for it. What else? What else would you do if you? So going back to particularly this this move just now, when yeah. you read, kind of what are some of the practical steps you took um, to get from point A to point B, both physically and you know just the journey of the of the planning itself? Yeah, I mean, first of all. You know, you've got to make sure that you've got somewhere to go to, right? That sounds obvious, but actually, like, Laura and I, we had a bit of a rush job to get up here. Um, we actually hadn't seen the house that we moved into. We were, we'd seen it online, but we were reliant on her mum to look at the house and okay it on our behalf. Yeah. Um, which is a risky move, but Jane is very practical, and she'd seen the house that we were in in London and said basically this is the same as that house but bigger yep. um, and will work very well you know she's she's raised two kids of her own she knows what it is to have a house that you know has babies and children and stuff in it so she, to be fair i trusted her implicitly to be able to um uh to be able to make that decision um so yeah good job mummy Stephen. Uh, for, for sorting that out uh, you know and then when we got here it was everything that she said it was going to be and it has proven to be you know a wonderful house for the three of us yeah. um so there's that um one thing that i would probably want to do better is get multiple quotes from movers because it doesn't take a lot more effort to get say two or three quotes versus just the one um because yeah for one reason or another we only did one or two i think we could have got it cheaper um you know because to pay guys to move it's not the cheapest thing that you're ever going to do it is another financial cost you know to to moving you know let alone having to have another property somewhere whether you're buying or whether you're renting in the place that you're going to you know it's quite a quite a big outlay to have someone come in and move your stuff. So yeah, shop around. Yeah, yeah. Yes, shop around. And if you're gonna do it yourself, same kind of drill, you know, have a look at different van rental companies. Um uh, you know, I'd like to think your mates aren't gonna charge you but by the hour if you're roping a few boys into it, but you know, you've got to factor in things like petrol and you know, what it might cost just to as you say, give them a few beers and, and and whatever, but it's going to cost a damn sight less to get your pals to pitch in than it will to pay insured movers to move your your goods from from one place to the next. Um, yeah. And what else? What's the only other thing that I think of? Um, yeah, make sure you're squared away. Don't leave any. Try not to leave any loose ends in the place where you're going because you know for example in in Aberdeen where we are now 
for me to try and get anything done around the property that we were in in London would just be a fat pain in the ass. Um, we we had quite a decent landlord in London that you know wanted to make sure that everything was good before we left, um, and we had a good uh, real estate person. What would you call them? Middleman person that you know helped us up when we got up here, um, and so we managed to get everything done, and you know all of your bills paid for and all of your uh gas and electric all that stuff like shut down for when you leave like you know like exit clean and then that way when you get up to wherever you are or down where you know left right sideways whatever it's done it's a clean break you know and you can just focus yourself on building your life in the next place and you're not you're not dragging this anchor of all this stuff from before so yeah, make a clean break. You're gonna go and end, you know. I'm not saying end friendships and relationships, like definitely not, but you know, shit life admin, you know, that will you know will just capitulate uh, and compound in the next place, you know, that's just stresses that you just don't need. Yeah, and and, and just to chip into that on in on the opposite direction is and one of the most frustrating things i've had whenever i've moved house whether it's locally or globally is communications and, and utilities and things um so pre-plan that kind of stuff don't arrive and then start working out your connections because particularly in this day, day and age of broadband providers they're ostensibly poor at setting you up but it takes two or three days to get shit happening um be aware of that and either be either have contingencies available for you to still stay in touch with the world yeah or, or have it done so by the time you get there, it's ready to go, which is probably easier yeah. for what if you're buying a house because obviously you've got time then to, you know, make the exchanges um, and pre-prepare the property before you get there. But when you're renting, it's it's slightly harder because you've got to be yeah. there to do that kind of thing. But in that case, just be pre-planned so that you have a somehow to access because you'd be surprised how much you forget you use the internet oh, to help move house. <laughs> You know, all of a sudden you get there and go, oh, I've got no internet. I can't call the electricity supplier. I can't call, I can't get hold of, you know, update my car insurance. I can't do that because it's all online. I can't get online because that's that's going to take two or three days. When Laura, when Laura and I moved, when we first found out, sorry, no, not when we first found out. Well, when we found out that we were expecting Charlie, we knew that we needed to move from the one bedroom place that we were in, in Egham to a house bigger somewhere locally and we were buying uh, a property and it all fell through about four weeks before Charlie was due so we had to scramble for a rental property in the area and I literally ran around you know talking about like reacting I guess positively to a shit situation I ran around every estate agent in the area and was like someone needs to help me here i was like you know we are in a one bedroom flat about to have a baby like you know we are four floors up as well and she is like super prego um, <laughs> i was like this you know this is not this is not my life like this is not how it's going to be and we were quite lucky one of the estate agents showed us this property um 
that we fell in love with, which was the place that we were at before we moved up to Aberdeen. Anyway, long story short, I remember Laura, bless her, trying to organise the sky and the broadband, and I was desperate to have the internet selfishly so I could play Call of Duty with the boys um, because I just, you know, I hadn't managed to get a good game in with them for a while. And, you know, I wanted to be in my new house and get the man cave set up and get Charlie's <laughs> room sorted. But, you know, selfishly, I just wanted to have a game of cob with the boys. And I promised them, you know, one Saturday, Sky were coming. And bless Laura had only set up the, the Sky, not the broadband. So the TV guy showed up and was like, you haven't got any broadband. Like, I can't do this. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, surely you're here to do the broadband as well. He's like, nah, like, you've got to arrange that separately and then I can come back. And I was like, what? Yeah. But again, you know, she was very, very pregnant at the time. So I was like, have to maintain being, nah, that's all right, that's baby. Like, um, don't worry. Inside, like, um, I was furious. Yeah. <laughs> I know, so, this is the thing I think, I don't, I don't know if it's just limits. I think from what my mates in the US are very similar. I think it's right. Weirdly, I think Australia is slightly better at this. Um, yeah. but, you know, as I said, the, the 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 providers of these services are notoriously bad at service levels. Mm. Um, you know, and you'd think that someone like a massive company like Sky, yeah, you ring up and go, right, I need broadband and I need TV, and they send one guy out to do the whole lot. Right. This is what I said as well. I was like, look, I can't hold you responsible purely, Laura. There will be some blame, but, you know, a little bit later on. But, you know, <laughs> actually... Yeah, it, it stands to reason that if you can't install the sky without broadband, surely if you're and having been in sales for the majority of my adult life, surely yep. if somebody has rang you up to say, I want sky, the first thing you would ask is like, have you got broadband? Broadband, exactly. You know, and we'll install the broadband and then we'll give you sky as well. Yeah. Uh, so I was just like, Do you know what, yeah. whatever. Um, but it's, you know, God, that what a privilege that is, right? To, to be bit. To be bitch moaning that you haven't got super fast fibre broadband in your house <laughs> yeah. when you can go to any Costa or McDonald's and again, even that, you're just like, God, even just go to the library, like whatever. Yeah. The internet is absolutely everywhere, right? Like, first world problems. First world problems, mate. Yeah. First world problems. No, I get it, but, but, it's, but it's a valid point. I think there's some good tips there around, you know, some practicalities about how to plan it and do it. And I think my only other suggestion would be give yourself plenty of time and it's, it's pretty rare that it has to be done very quickly that people would still leave it to the last minute like if your lease is coming to an end you know that's happening you know three to four months before that's happening that's happening mm. you know start planning um like anything in life the more time and opportunity you have to plan for it the easier it's going to become and less stressful um so the planning is, is crucial i think and you hit us a great points there is like some do some pre-research about where to, where you're going, making sure you've got something to go when you get there, or at least something temporary that's going to work. You know, talking about getting your utilities, everything organized uh, before you arrive as well. Um, you know, people, contacts, all that kind of stuff. Have all that lined up before you get there because there's nothing worse than just, you know, all of a sudden you've got to move like tomorrow and it's like and nothing's ready. Um, you know, so planning is crucial when it comes to moving house and it's gonna and it's gonna Help de-stress everything if you're rather than panicking, um, you know, because it can be a bit of a panic. I mean, I, I I made the mistake even moving to this place that, you know, I didn't check with the utilities. Um, 
and in, a, in weirdly in Australia, when when someone moves house or someone disconnects, they don't switch off the electric the electricity. Just the account stops. Yep. Yeah, it's when, the same. Yeah. No, it's not. Is it not? No, because that's what I thought here, and I moved in here, and there was no power. It'd oh, been, dude, yeah, but someone must have left a long time ago, surely. Probably, I don't know, but that's not the point. I didn't realise. I literally, walked, the day I moved in, I, went, I turned the light switch on, there was no lights. I'm like, uh-oh. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Saturday afternoon, then to yeah. ring. Well, I'm not going to mention the provider. Maybe, but maybe some of our listeners can tell us. I it was, it was, it was, I've never had it before. It's one of these pay-as-you-go stick thingies. Oh, no, okay, that's different. Yeah. Ah, right, as a pay, ah, that's the, okay, cool, yeah, yeah. If it's a prepaid meter like that, then, yeah, that just means the credit run out and you need to go down the offy and fill your stick up or whatever it is. But I literally walked in yeah, Of course. Yeah. But again, that just kind of goes into sort of what we're saying about, you know, there are going to be some things culturally yeah. that are just going to sideswipe you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, interestingly, like when you, and if you're going to talk about bit, and cultural moves and big stuff like that and talk about pre planning things, one of the biggest ones, particularly moving continents, was banking. Yeah. That, and that's massive to come up. And when I moved over from Oz to here and then had to set up bank accounts and stuff, to be fair to the British banking system, it was relatively easy. Um, I think it's a lot harder now in the, in the last, I think they've tightened it up over the last few years, but it was pretty simple at the time. Yeah. You know, provide all the right IDs and all that kind of stuff. But again, it's something to bear in mind. And I'm watching a lot of people come across from Australia, as I said, in these kind of Facebook groups and things going, how do I set up a bank account and all this kind of stuff? Yeah. Whereas going back the other way, when I moved back to Australia, having lived here for 10 years and gone back again, it was actually really hard. Yeah. Um, and a lot more challenging than I thought it would be because I'd already been an Australian citizen. I thought it'd just be easy to walk rock back in there and, and do it again. No, it wasn't that simple. Um, so things like that, I think, is bear in mind, particularly if you're going somewhere very foreign that you've never been to, look at the banking. Um, you know, look at cultural differences as well. And, you know, if you particularly if you're moving to a new city, either within your own country or going somewhere abroad, how are you going to get to and from work? You know, what's your commute going to be like? Are you close to public transport? What's the public transport system like? How does it operate? You know, is it is it you know one of these prepay things with a card like an oyster or whatever, um, or is it cash? You know, understand all that kind of stuff as well before you get there, and yeah. that's why it's really important to go and visit the city or town before you move, so you get the lay of the land and understand it because it's yeah. that's and it's even things like we jokingly we joke about this from an Australian UK point of view. Um, in Australia, you can't buy booze at a supermarket. I thought you were just all alcoholics though. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean you can't buy it at supermarkets? You've got to buy it at a, at a liquor store. Oh. Same with America. The US don't sell don't sell alcohol at the supermarkets. It's a different store because it's licensed. Yeah, right. You know, so but there it's those really nuanced little those those things as, as, as like where, where do I get how do I get my day to day basics? Mm. Is it at the supermarket? Do I have to go to plan somewhere else? You know, where's the chemist? Where's the doctor? Where's your medical? What's the medical system like? You know, yeah. Don't even start unraveling the whole medical insurance thing. Yeah, no, but that's that's it, it's a minefield in itself. But I think from a pre-planning point of view, you've got to know this stuff because there's nothing. You know, imagine moving to a new country and all of a sudden, it's two weeks later, you have an accident. Yeah, and there's no. Medical you're not registered for the doctor, dentist, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of stuff you got to bear in mind as well. That reminds um, me, must register for dentist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That sort of. Um, I think. How about handling stuff like 
I mean, you, I mean, Charlie probably won't even remember the fact you've moved, but you know, there's obviously guys going to be people out there listening who've got whole families to move and kids and all that kind of stuff. We're going yeah. to lose friends and have to change schools. What about those guys? Uh, well, I mean, look, we live in a time now where, well, and also, look, it's, first of all, let me say it's just probably age dependent because I said this to the guys when, um, when I told them I was moving up to Scotland. At first, they were all like, no, like, you know, why would you want to do that? You're going to be so far away. And I was like, mate, you know, we don't see each other at this age, you know, pushing up towards 40 on a week to week basis. Um, you know, we long gone are the days where we're out on a Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Um, so we don't have that connection anymore. Any of us like it just doesn't happen. So. You know, what are you worried about by me going up there? And I certainly wasn't worried about losing much of a connection because everybody's on 54,000 WhatsApp groups with the same people in, you know, for the majority part. Um, and, you know, your ability to be able to stay close to people with Facebook, you know, with FaceTime or, you know, WhatsApp. And you know, as I say, I kept in touch with most of my mates purely over call of duty for two years when we were in lockdown um it was our saving grace which again goes back to why i was so annoyed when i couldn't play call of duty with them when we moved into the other house um but it was you know it was a means of communication and realistically you're never going to go so far where someone you know when you can't get back to your people you know if you're your old mates for for life Um, and so i was never concerned too much about that but I guess if you are so close to someone that you are, you know, genuinely worried about losing, you're probably so close to them that you could never lose them, you know, as a friend. Um, yeah. And I mean, then I'm, again, my, my closest friend in the world I've known for 40 years. Yeah. You know, and we're on different sides of the planet now. We probably speak two or three times a year. Yeah. We, when we do, it's like your old mate. It's like you spoke yesterday. So, yeah. yeah, you're not gonna, you're not, it's not gonna be as bad as you think it's gonna be. Yeah, and, and you know, shit happens. And the thing, the nice thing is, well, I look at it again and try again, trying to find that silver lining. You know, I live over this side of the world. She's over the back, back in Australia. We've both got places to stay. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's exactly. It. And I said this to some of the boys as well. It's like when I come back to London, yeah. I'm gonna make a point of seeing you lot. Yeah, you know, and 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 so it will be. I'm not going to say an occasion because that makes me sound too important but you know it will be it will be a lot more directed whereas when we were half an hour away from each other because we knew they were always there yeah we knew we, we each knew that the other person was there we never made the effort yeah i'm probably going to see you know those boys now more because of the fact that i've moved away than i would have done when we were actually in each other's pockets um yeah. so you know, there's there's a couple of different ways of looking at it, but again, I think the scenario of catastrophizing that yep. is always way way worse than people than, than the the reality of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't pay. I don't know. It's hard to say. I wouldn't pay that as much attention, but I think there's a whole load of other things that you need to prioritize, yeah. in, like including yourself, yeah, um, than worrying about other people and how they're going to react to it because. And if they're if they're good enough mates, they'll support you in that move anyway. 
Of course, yeah. Right, and that's the key thing to remember. A lot of those instances where that sort of stuff happens, it's not on you, it's on them anyway. Um, yeah. You know, so, yeah, I think that's a very valid point around to stay in touch with people. Again, making that emotional transition a bit easier. Obviously, with kids, it's slightly harder because, you know, if you've got, you know, kids have been at school or, or that, they, you're now pulling them out of that school and putting them, taking them somewhere else. Yeah. That'd be a challenge. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, as you say it, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not that versed in that. Um, you know, Charlie is not old enough to have made any yeah, yeah. forged relationships that he's going to miss out on. Um, apart from maybe with my own sort of mum and dad, make yep. it a bit more difficult yep. uh, because they're down in London. But again, you know, we're an hour and a half away, so I'm not too stressed about that. And you know, we we discussed that my my dad and I, and my mum and I, and they understood that you know there were reasons that I needed to go, which outweighed their need for us to stay um and again if you've got people in your life that you are concerned about it have that conversation yeah like you just said the reality of it is is that if they are a true friend they are going to back your decision and understand your reasons for having to go correct and and support also tell you the reasons why they think that you shouldn't go and as long as they're not entirely selfish you might be worth hearing them out Correct. I mean, if you if you've made a decision like come some crazy idea going, oh, I want to go live in Peru, you know, you know, a good mate who looks at you and goes, ah, oh, you probably don't want to do that right now because of X, Y, Z, and you're blindly doing it for some other reason. Yeah, you know, a good mate's going to give you the right reasons not to move, and it's not about them again. It's about supporting you in your decision, making sure you're okay. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think, I guess I think even to add to that around on the pre-planning of a move, you know, to help with the emotional side of this, get as much support as you can from other people. You know, we, we, we kind of, it's not about getting validation or something, it's, it, but it's more around, you know, it's it's saying to your mates, hey, I'm, go- I'm going through this because I, I have to, as we said, some of the reasons that we have to, people move house, it may be a compulsory thing from a work or family point of view. It's like, hey, guys, I have to do this. Yeah. I need your support in doing so. Don't yell at me for not doing it. And don't tell me you're never going to see me. That's not going to help. Um, you know, so again, be brave enough to have those, excuse me, have those conversations with people. Yeah, but then at the same time, you've also got to then be brave enough to accept the fact that people are going to object because they're they're going to they're going to see your move through the framework of their own absolutely life's understanding. So they are going to because they might not have the courage to make a move like that. Yep, they are going to object on the basis of their own fear. It could be jealous. They go, oh, I'm. You know, jealous of that you'll get to go to move in to go live in New York or something. Yeah, myself and I can't do it. Like it's, so they'll shit on it. Yeah, yeah but, but that's again, that's on them. That's all internalized. You know, it's mm-hmm. all, and that's what you got to realize as well that that's not your fault. Yeah, that's their that's their problem. And yeah. then yeah, you have that tough conversation when we go. Hey, that's mate, the difficulty of that of going to other people to to like you say seek the validation. Yeah, be cautious of that because yes, you want people's support, yeah. but you do have to have your guard up that you know people will try and crabs in a bucket maybe not even intentionally you know like they're not trying to do it it's purely you know they think they're doing it out of the best of intention but it's actually but again as you just said it's like choosing the right people and and again if you're close enough to your mates you'll know the ones who'll do that and the ones who won't yeah Um, i think it's just being prepared but i think from an emotional standpoint and I, I think it's the same with the kids as well. It's like, and again, I don't have experience directly of having any children that I've had to, you know, I've, I've relocated. But from what I've seen with parents do, um, it's about keeping in touch with people. It's about, again, 
using it as an excuse to have people come and visit, um, you know, and, and and make an event of seeing someone again and keeping you in touch. Technology is pretty good, so you can get hold of people really, really quickly, FaceTime, et cetera, that kind of stuff, yeah. Zoom calls, whatever. Um, so it's been practical and 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 not shutting out any opportunity, other opportunities or or ways of doing stuff. It's it's being sensible about it. Um, again, unless you're being shipped to bloody deepest darkest Siberia where you've got no internet, then you know there's no reason why people can't stay in touch. Yeah, I'd be intrigued to hear from people as well about having moved yeah. kids out of schools and, and and into different schools and things like that. Because yeah. in my opinion. Kids are adaptable. Yeah, no, more, more, way more adaptable more than we realize. Yeah, yeah, and then, so they them going to a new school. Yeah, there'll be some initial fears, yeah. but within days, weeks, you know, they've got a brand new mates, and you know, they've not, they've not forgotten about where they're from, but they're so in the moment more than yeah, we yeah. are. They don't think as much. They yeah. don't do that catastrophizing because Correct. they haven't been around long enough to to have been scarred by yeah. the, the wicked ways of the world. Yeah, and I think as well, I think that's also part of the parenting thing we are going, make it exciting for them. Indeed, you know? yeah, yeah. Explain that to them. Hey, you're not just losing some old friends, you're gaining a whole stack of new ones. Yeah, but we as adults could gain from that as well, right? Like, And genuinely believing that that is the fact. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. Um, yeah, and that's what I was talking about before, about, you know, turn turn the movie to something that's exciting and that's something you look forward to. Yeah, um, yeah. Otherwise, you'll just pull yourself, you'll, as I say, catastrophize a massive and just and, and go, you know, have to move in such a bad state of mind that it'll just never be fun. Yeah. Oh, man. This is good, dude. So I think we've 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 covered a hell of a lot um, yep. in the last hour. Um, so I think we probably, I mean, there's probably so much more we can talk about. You know, so, you know, and happy to hear from happy to hear from our eight plus listeners that, um, you know, their experiences and, and any other practical tips they can share with everybody else as well. But I think just really, really, really quickly. Um, just in summary, kind of go, let's talk about some of the top tips that we've covered um, since we've been on the call. I think in no particular order, you know, we talked about the fact that I think absolutely consider paying someone to help do it. Um, or worst case, at least ask for help from friends or family. Don't try yeah. to do it on your own. Um, Pre-visit the place, the destination you're going to, you get the lay of the land and kind of understand where you want to live, where, where's the great places, where are the good coffee shops, all the stuff that you need to know uh, on a practical day-to-day level for when you get there. Um, and things like your commute and that kind of stuff. Um, and to your point, I mean, you know, know, know where you're going. So, you know, you don't just land in a city, dump yourself in a hotel and then go looking for a house. Have all that stuff ready to go. So it, it takes the stress out completely. Um, uh, do, so, yeah, do some research, you know, ahead of time with that kind of thing. Do your, Get all your utilities and that kind of stuff sorted out before you go or before yeah. you move. Um, you know, to your point, it was, you know, wrap up everything as much as you can in the old at the old address, so that when you get to the new one, there's nothing to worry about from your previous existence. Um, I think that's important, um, and I think then it's just the other one is is very much around the community support and whether that's your own friendship network, people you may or may not know who are already in the new destination or have, have been there, um, and then go looking for you know those social activities, those social areas where you can start to engage with other people and locals and, and just become part of the community. Um, I think that's a pretty good summation of, you know, what we would recommend everyone does ahead of a move, unless you want to add anything else. Um, not really. I think we'll, yeah, add all of our sort of tips and stuff into show notes and things where we can. Um, yeah. And, yeah, maybe put a couple of links in for some ideas around where you could sort of look for 
you know, various ideas of things to do when you get to new places. Um, as I say, you know, there are, there are clubs and organisations in various cities that do various things, so uh, they might be useful. Um, yeah. yeah, and if you are about to make a big move in your life, we wish you the best of luck. And if you, if you need any help or suggestions, reach out. Obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll put our contact details again in the show notes to make sure people know where to find us and, and, and get hold of us. Um, and yeah, good luck. I think, and be excited about it. Don't get, don't get, don't be stressed about it. Be excited about it. Um, mm-hmm. right, this is, as we said, in part of the, the call, uh, part of the, um, the, the topic as well is like it, it's, it's, a, it's a privilege to be able to move um, and to be in a position where you can um, and go and have a fresh start and, and do something new and exciting. So you know, make make the most of it. Be excited about it. You know, get everyone involved and just and yeah, have fun with it. Really. Already. Cool. Sounds awesome, good. my friend. That's a good one. All right. Um, okay, guys. So that's it. That, that will wrap up there. Um, we've, we've banged on for just over an hour this time around. So hopefully, again, we you get something out of it. Um, as we said, if you've ever got any suggestions or thoughts you want to talk about, um, please let us know via our contact details in the notes. Um, as always, share with your friends. Um, please tell as many people as you can about this. Um, stick into our review. We lovely. Um, when that starts happening, we are going to be live, not just on Spotify, but on Apple very shortly as well. And a couple of the other podcasting platforms. So we'll let you know when that happens. Um, in the meantime, um, enjoy whatever it is you're doing. Um, be excited about any moves. And we'll see you in the next one. See you all. Bye-bye. Oh, stop recording. There it is. That's what I want. I was about to shut down the whole meeting. <laughs>